Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is our goal here every single day. Our quote for today I want you to laugh, smile, rejoice, and be happy so that others may be made happy by you. That is from someone named Abdul Baha. I stole it from Justin's um, Instagram. Justin Baldoni, our (laughs) guest, alongside his wife, Emily Baldoni. Okay, I see where you're going with that. I like that. Thank you. I always say I want to be a light. And so if I can make other people Mm -hmm. smile or be happy, that's usually the goal. Uh, Friends. Thank you for being with us, Heal Squad. Hello, hello. We're excited for this two-parter interview that we start with today with Justin and Emily Baldoni. They are um, an incredible force, especially when it comes to coupledom. I feel like they're really paving a new path for um, couples and talking all about gender roles and so on and so forth. Um, I brought Kevin into this conversation with them. I interviewed Justin. He and I went back through text. It was six years ago. It was like just before my mom was diagnosed and he was doing this series on CW called The Last Days Here or something like that. And he was chronicling um, these people's stories and, and they knew that they were dying and it was beautiful and I just had such a connection with him after that interview, so much so that I actually thought we've known each other probably more than we even do or did. And uh, and I saw, you know, Kelsey, you sent me so much research. I really loved the podcast they did um, where Emily really talked about um, what it's like being, you know, the at-home mom to the star, let's say, which I connected with a lot because of Kevin being the at-home wife, let's say, behind me, and kind of just the gender roles and the unseen um, life as a mom. Did you listen to that one too? Yeah, that was what I 
I'm so happy you listened to it because I had started um, like the night before. And then when I was driving in, that was when I said to you and Kevin, I was like, you have to listen to this. It was like 25 minutes in and I'd already cried twice. I'm just like, why? A, why are you crying? But no, I just think why were that you like, crying, you think? Uh, well, the first I, the first one that I started crying about six minutes in when, Ooh, when she he, remembers uh-huh, when she, he asked her when was the last time she felt good enough or worthy enough. And she was like, or I'm sorry, when was the last time that she did not feel worthy enough or good enough? And she was like, oh, this morning, like I, it's a daily thing for me. It's a self-doubt thing. And I'm the same way. And so that like really like triggered something in me. I'm like in the car, like, damn it, <laughs> trying to fix my makeup. And then it was when she um, started talking about how she feels like mothers are so unseen. And I know that's something my, that my mom has talked a lot about to me before, just mm. like how hard it is when you are the one where it's like the dad's providing. So you feel like you have to, it's, it's, it's your role. It's what you have to do when it's like, no, look how much mothers are. I'd be nothing without my mom, but they're not seen that way. And I think it's starting to change hopefully. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so those are my two, my two points of tears. And I was mad because I was messing up my makeup. Exactly. The one for you about not feeling enough. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't know if I feel that. What does that feel like? I mean, I think it feel it's a lot of it's a lot of shame, it's a lot of guilt, it's a lot of, you know, I seek external va- external validation massively. Oh, we all do. Which, okay, check. Yeah, right. Okay. And so that was something <laughs> that was something that with Dr. B, Dr. Laura Berman, who we had on a recent heal event, mm-hmm. she talked about how codependents seek like 99% of their validation from external and not internal. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel that so deeply. So I think to me, that was really kind of what I, or that's really what I feel when I don't feel good enough. I'm like, I can't tell myself I'm good enough. I need someone else to tell me I'm good enough. You're good enough. Thanks Maria. You're more than good enough. (laughs) Thank you. But, and it's like, I know that I know that, but I don't really know that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something. Oh, trust me, you wouldn't be by my side this long if you weren't <laughs> well, good enough. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and I don't you. mean that in like a whatever. No, I, I get just what you're, saying. you're that special. Thank I feel you. like that. I actually really want to be around you. Thank you. So you two pee. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a tough one. I think a lot of women feel that. Yeah, for a sure. lot of women. When she was like, "Oh, I let self doubt doubt creep in all the time," I was like don't we all? Mm. But it was cool to hear her say that because it's just, I think, and that's why I love you so much and how vulnerable you get because I think that's why this show is so special because when people hear you say it, that that's something they're also dealing with. They're Mm. like, oh my God, I'm not alone. So I think that was it for me. Well, that's what I love about this show, right? Is our goal here is we're all on a journey together. This isn't me as the expert. Yes, I know a lot of stuff along the way because I've been around the block a lot longer than some of you. And then I've also lived a lot of lives already, but we're on the journey to get better. And so you can't get better unless you share, I feel like that's when things open up and you can say, oh yeah, me too. So how did you get through this? And then you can, you know, you can talk it through. I agree. I don't know how else to be. People always ask me like, how are you so vulnerable? And I'm like, really? I don't think that was always necessarily a quality. Um, I think I've been both. I'm starting to really understand the Gemini side of me where I can be both, but it's also the polarity of life, right? You can be both things. And so even though I don't enjoy being vulnerable, 
at the same time, I am really vulnerable. Very confusing. It is, but you're so, you're so good at it. And I've said this multiple times on this show. I love it. I learned so much through you on how you are able to show your emotions and emote. And I think, I mean, that's something that I'm working on because I'd never have been able to, which is funny because like you said, polarity, when I'm by myself, your girl can cry. That's my MO mm-hmm. when I'm in front of people. Uh-uh. So anyways, I think that like you being as vulnerable as you are, like I said, it's just, it's, uh, it's a real gift and it really shows us all like, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. And people connect. Yeah. I um I was just thinking my dad cries. He does. He's very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. My mom cried once in a while and I don't think any of us gave her enough empathy. Ooh. Mm. Which is probably why it was only once in a while. Well, because it's like it's when the mom is the one who's gonna be the disciplinarian, they gotta do everything, they do get less empathy. Right. Because you're butting heads or whatever's going on. Childhood, you're growing up or whatever. Daddy comes home and it's like, daddy. And everyone's so excited. Yep. So he got all the bouquets. My mom got all the shit. And so I fully, fully um, get this conversation. So friends, this is a two parter. We go deep. And we get um, get into a lot of things. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to kind of have growth as a couple. What I find really fascinating is we don't hear a lot about couples like working on relationships together, not just because of a problem. So it's like usually you hear, oh, he cheated and we're in therapy <laughs> or something massive happened and we're in therapy together. You know, um, it's interesting to see a couple that is being vulnerable on their journey to getting, you know, getting past things or building a stronger relationship. Cause I don't feel like we hear that a lot. And, um, and in that podcast, which we're going to link in the summary, it's amazing to watch Emily be, um, so strong and bold with him and to say like, no, 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 back off. Or I don't love, I don't like how you're showing your love to me. This doesn't feel like love to me. It's love to you and it's feeding your ego and all this. stuff. And it was just like, Oh, she's giving it to him and he's taking it. And Whoa, that's a whole new dynamic to get to watch and witness. It was super powerful. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of dive right in. Um, if you want to pause and listen to the episode I'm talking about. Before you listen to us, it might even be better. So the episode I'm, I'm talking about is in the summary. And you can you can probably just fast forward to where Emily pops in. And, um, and it's really a fascinating kind of, you know, fly on the wall moment where you get to kind of see all of this coming together and, and then listen to all of this. But you can do either way. Hopefully I set it up uh, well enough. Um, I have to ask you one thing quickly, Maria, about that. When she was talking about the spoken word thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, were you uncomfortable? Or mm-hmm. would you think that that's flattering? So you guys, Justin does this whole like grand gesture, like reads her a spoken poem. And Emily's like, no, 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 no. He did it in front of people. So they talk yeah. about this in the podcast, not in ours, in theirs. In theirs. And he basically does this whole spoken word thing in front of all their friends and she said, you are assuming that I'm at the same place in the relationship that you're at. And now I have to fake it for all these people who are like, oh, my God, he's so romantic. And I wish my husband or my boyfriend would do that or whatever. And it's just created this odd thing where 
I feel like a lot of us will have that moment and we won't flag it. We won't say anything. We don't know how to put it in a word. She's very um, good with her clarity, I feel like, about what she wants, what she doesn't want, how she likes it, how she doesn't like it. And I think that's really helpful for all of us to kind of see. So we talk about that. We talk about neurofeedback work um, and uh, all kinds of things. So without further ado, here is me, Kev, Justin, and Emily. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Yeah, we have so much to talk about, actually. But I I am so connected to you, Emily, <laughs> on so many things. And you guys as a couple, and it's funny, you're Kevin in the equation, and Kevin is like you in the equation. And it was, so what I'm basically talking about, let me get into this, is is gender roles and the invisible woman and um, and kind of the plight of the person who's, you know, the person behind the person, right? I don't want to say the man, the woman behind the man because it's the man behind the woman in our situation. Hmm. And I just saw, like I was, you know, as I was doing all the research on you guys and everything you guys have done from the podcast to the Ted talk, um, that I loved of yours that I, I rewatched again. Um, this is stuff that not a lot of people talk about and it's so important. And, and, you know, even in the research I've done for a project, knowing how the suicide rates I think are almost double to men at this point in females. In terms of their rising. Yeah. Um, it's it's really alarming because that invisible role that the female plays where nobody knows everything that goes into what we do because we're just doing it and we're taught that we're supposed to be everything to everyone and nothing to ourselves and we're supposed to spin all these plates. And, and that's one topic that was really interesting to me. But then also... I just kept feeling for Kevin as I would hear you talk about Justin going off and being able to do his thing and get all the accolades and all the excitement. And then you're home doing the laundry and taking care of the kids and doing all the mundane kind of things that, you know, nobody really sees and there's no awards for. Um, And then that disconnect. And I feel like there's so many people that probably have these, these situations maybe aren't even aware and there's like all that tension that brews and stuff. So um, I wish you got to listen to some of this with me, Kev. Hey, I didn't know I was going to do the show today, so I would have. Yeah. <laughs> now I will. You, you didn't know? You no. knew. Thank you, Maria. No, then I, I didn't, no, I didn't Justin and his wife ago. were coming, but I, just, I knew they were coming, but I didn't know I was doing the show. I mm-hmm. even sent you an email last night, Kevin. Okay, and we know I check all my emails. <laughs> well, listen, Kevin, that's how they got me to come. 
yeah. was that you were going to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. I love it. I forgot you guys did an interview before. Oh, yeah. that was when my mom it was, was amazing. Yeah, it was right. It, it was, was right before your mom passed away. Justin mm. taught me a lot. Great, great interview we did. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, guys, I'm so excited that you're here. And I feel like you are definitely shining a light on so many important things that we need a light shined on. And um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to, to get into all of this. And Kev, I know you're going to have a hard time with some of it. And then I'm going to have a hard time with some of it. Okay. Whoa. But that's... That's what are the we, interesting we're part. We're going to have a hard time with stuff? I know. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What There's are we stuff. talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Is that why I came? <laughs> no. I'm not setting you up. <laughs> you think uh, I'm setting you up? Are we doing... Is this... It seems like... It. Doing no, th- honey, I'm therapy? not setting you up. It probably will end up in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyhow, um, so tell me where you guys are at in kind of like your relationship at home. I know that Justin, you were doing kind of some work on things that Emily would bring up, um, you know, that were bothering her and, and I just find it so hard to change the way you were raised and, and to make those adjustments, like it takes a long time. And I know even in your TED talk, you're like, please be patient with us. We're going to keep screwing up. So because you guys are so forthcoming about those, those things, like kind of, do you feel like you ever really get past them and, and fix them? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's I, like, I, huh? <laughs> I think you should, you go, baby, because I think she's referring to the episode of Man Enough that mm-hmm. you did. Yeah, I think you had a preface. Which was about a year ago. It was a year ago, yeah. It was a year ago because we we fasted. I remember we were fasting then and we're fasting now. Yeah, so it's the Baha'i oh, fast geez. right now. So for 19 days between sunrise and sunset, um, no food or drink. So um, Wait. So between sunrise and sunset for 19 days. No food, no drink. No food, no drink. So... Um, I'm, I'm so like che- I'm cheating. Because well, you're not cheating because you're no, on your not, exactly period. not cheating. If if you're pregnant, breastfeeding, or on your period, or traveling, or old or young, you're not supposed to do it. Yeah. But other okay. than that, it's 19 days where you do not drink or eat while the sun is up. Wow. It's a yeah. it's a physical fast for a spiritual, spiritual purpose. purpose. So yeah. it's like wow. detaching from the material, detaching from carnal desires, detaching from all of those things and reprioritizing and focusing mm-hmm. and purifying your thoughts, really. See, I don't think, I, th- I love that because a lot of people when they, you hear about fast or during Lent or, you yeah. know, for Catholics, we would do Lent and you never really are taught the symbolism and all the other effects that you'll yeah. get from it. You just think like, well, I gave up meat for 30 <laughs> days. And that's right. not, no, but it's nice that yeah. you did that. But what I love is, is what, I guess I know we're just also reward based. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like most of us won't do anything unless we get a, a, <laughs> a, a gold star. <laughs> so it's nice to know that going through this yeah. day, you know, sun, sunrise to sunset, but then all the other positive effects. It's incredible. And, and we've always found that during the fast, really incredible things, amazing things happen. Like what? And very challenging things happen. Okay. Um, but it's almost like, um, you know, like with any purification process, the stuff comes up mm-hmm. and you have to look at it. Because so you, a, you're not numbing it with food. You're not numbing it with snacks. You're not distracting yourself. Yeah. It's so easy to get distracted when you can just like shove something in your mouth. But when things are coming up throughout the day and you're, you're forced to just sit with it, and let it arise and come up to the surface, and then you deal with it. 
in, you know, prayer, meditation, and you really handle it as it comes up instead of trying to shove it back down mm. and just like get through the day. That's the purpose of it. It's a it's, I like your pu- it's a purification it's, process. It's, oh, absolutely. It's a pure, and every religion in the history of the world is always fasted. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's not like, but you they know, never to told get a six us why. pack. Right. Yeah, it, we were just supposed to do it obediently. Just do it. <laughs> and, and, and again, it's so much about, especially in the Baha'i faith, it's about the why. It's about the independent investigation of truth. It's about understanding. All that to say, we were fasting a year ago. I don't want to take us <laughs> on too much of a tangent. We were fasting in the middle and of that show. We were fasting in the middle of that show, and uh, and I'm fasting today. But so okay, honesty go ahead, is most forward. Yeah, yeah. So it's coming. <laughs> it comes I can't out. pretend here today. So yeah, so um, a year ago. Um, yeah, I loved this episode. It was like so, so um, moving to me, and, and mm, I connected so much to it. Yeah. We're going to link to it in this episode, too. Yes, please. Um I feel like we are, uh, one thing that I can say about you, my love, is that you really do learn. So yes, even though the conditioning and the programming in both you and me is very, very strong, um, from the cultures that we grew up in, from our parents, yada, yada, um, I know that you and I were both very committed to receive feedback and take that seriously and then use that to grow. Um, which I feel like we've done a lot in the last year, especially the last, this last year. year. We've done a deep, deep dive into healing, into all the uncomfortable places and caves within us. And we've sat there, um, which has been very rough and it has not been pretty, but we've done it and we continue to do it. And I think thanks to that, we actually do get an opportunity to kind of like break free and step out of the old ways of yeah. doing things and finding finding new ways. But of course, with anything, when the conditioning is really strong, mm. you constantly have to come back and come back and come back um, and use the tools that we have to rise above that. Well, what I love is is you guys are working on yourselves individually and in your relationship. And yeah. when I listen to you, I'm like, nobody does that really right like first of all it's like hard enough to like start to do the work on your own traumas and your own conditioning like you guys talk about but then also to work on the relationship we all just kind of mindlessly go through our lives right or you know not really being mindful about um things and i know with kevin like i'll always have to try to work on things i'm not as good at it he's excellent at it um I was giving you a compliment that you make adjustments much better than I do. And then we were told by our therapist that that's the golden side of codependence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Is that we, is the codependents make the quick pivot. Yeah. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but 
It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. But I think it's really inspiring when you see people that are working on each other, but then you guys are so honest. Like these podcasts, when you guys are talking, you're so open about things and you're your allowing of kind of these hard truths to come out and, and to start working and figuring them out. And I just found it really inspiring. Like I said, um, I don't hear a lot of people talk about this stuff. Um, we're also embarrassed about our shit as if like we're the only ones that have it. Yeah. And we were talking the other day. It's really sweet. And I don't, Part of me, there's a little part of my brain that feels bad for saying it, but like we're in a really beautiful place, Emily and I. Like, and we the other day we were sitting there holding hands, we were driving, and we just both were kind of like, I don't, I could have never imagined having this beautiful of a marriage, like in my wildest dreams. Mm. And it's not the things that I would have thought um, would make it beautiful. There. It's, the, it's like what you were bringing up. It's the fact that I found a partner who is willing to really do the work on herself. And she found one who's willing to do the work on himself. Mm-hmm. And I think before religion or politics or agreements on this or that, that's the most important thing in any marriage or any relationship is that individual commitment to work, to becoming the best version of yourself, to not giving up because, you know, I go off and I do my stuff and I do it not just for me, but for her. And then she does that. And then we come together and it's not like this myth of the other half that we have in like Western society that we have to find somebody that completes us, which we know is a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. It's no, we're whole people working on ourselves, coming together, um, and, and creating, a uh, an entirely new family dynamic. Like it's almost like a sperm, sperm and an egg meet to create this other being, this other soul. And so similar in marriage, it's like two people come together. And then that third thing is the entity of you, the entity of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, and then, so we were just in the car the other day and we we're just like, like, I love you so damn much. Like, this is crazy. How is this even possible? Because she's holding, holding so much space. And I, you know, try to do the same for her. Yeah. yeah. And it's not easy. <laughs> What's well, not easy? No, it's not. None of it is easy. The work, the yeah. work, the work that goes into creating a relationship like that. It's just, it never, oh. I know. I felt like it was like Ooh, kissing much better. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. So much better. I didn't Thank want to you. interrupt Thank her. You, Thank you, Justin. <laughs> um, yeah, it just takes, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work. It's not a fairy tale, but it's, it's so worth it. But you, it goes back to the fast to me. Mm. It's like putting in the, yeah. the little, I think you were saying it, Justin, I think where you were intonating as well is that people are so exhausted with their days and you were saying it too, where we just kind of want to, kind of medicate and push our way through. Right. Right. So during our days, it's not 
we're bumping our head. All right, look at me. I have a coffee today. Medicating with donuts, whatever it whatever is. Whatever it is. Well, well, or just caffeine or sugar or whatever it is. Everything is here Everything, to distract But us. then we even do it with our relationships as well, rather than taking that step back and saying, okay, I'm going to spend the sunrise to sunset fasting, but then just be able to sit with my thoughts. And so I think it's being geared toward purification and improvement. And I think people, if they could follow that recipe all through their lives, like with their relationships, mm. it's like, hey, we have to take the temperature of the relationship. What's going? But it's just so hard. We're like, mm. oh, no, I'll go pick up the kids. Or, well, let's just go on vacation. Or, oh, screw escape. it. Let's just go watch TV. Whatever yeah. it is. I just, it's a, right. It's, it's easier to escape. And I get why. Because people are tired. Yeah. You know, but get mm. it. But if they took that step backwards, then they would go like 10 steps forward. But what right? are the ways that the everyday couple can work on their Good relationship question. and can help grow it? Like, where does somebody even start? Or where does a couple start? In your expert opinions. Oh, wait. Go, baby, go. <clears throat> um, yeah, where do you start? Where did we start? We Well, we always say that communication is key. Uh, that's an obvious thing. We talk about everything. And we've also become really good at choosing when to talk about things. I think in the Whoa. beginning of a relationship, if I was frustrated, I was like, we're talking about this now. I don't care what you're doing or if you're not in a good place to talk about it. I need to, I need to vent. I need to get this out or, or vice versa. And that's, yeah, that was definitely me doing that. That was more <laughs> you doing that. <laughs> you he was doing actually that. better you were talking running than in, I You were was. running away from me. I'm like, come back here. I'm very Swedish. We're not done talking. We can't go I to bed, I ran from the hills. <laughs> yeah. But like, but then there is a time to get together. So that was now, very sweet of you to take know. the blame to take that one, by You're the way. welcome. You're welcome, my love. Um, but there's a time to have those conversations if it is a deeper conversation. Like so you said scheduling it, I feel like I heard. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just need to schedule it and just say, hey, babe, I think I need two hours of your time to talk about this thing. Maybe we can sit down Wednesday night after the kids are in bed and don't schedule anything then. Let's just make time for us. And then you come to that um, evening ready and prepared and you know what you want to share. And hopefully you're also very willing to listen and receive because you've had some time to sit with this thing, whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, and then you do, and you come together to have a consultation, not a fight. So you share your heart and you also have to be a damn good listener. If you're going to share something, mm -hmm. you also need to be ready to have something shared with you. Um, and we talk things through and we figure it out. Um, so do, much of that is... Do brief, I'm sorry, guys. Do, so do mm. you brief him on what the subject or, or you heard? Do you give him a heads up? Like a little, like a yeah, little paragraph? Yeah, like not just like a... a email, <laughs> email heading. This is... No, because we... No, yes. That's you do, yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, it, both work, but I think if you're bringing something very important up, then then yeah, I think it's good to just say, hey, Yeah, so they have time to thing. gather whatever, some mm -hmm. knowledge. And I think the other side yeah. is to say open and empathetic to not react in that moment. Totally. Because I think people react right in that moment. What do you mean you want to talk about? Yes. Or we yes. always hear like, it's never a good time. Have you heard that one before mm -hmm. from people? Like, mm -hmm. because they're so busy. Yeah, but, Kevin thinks that it's never a good time for me, but I'm, I've always been tired. <laughs> I am. No, but there's something to be said like, for scheduling because we're all reactionary in the moment. We're like, yeah. no, I want to talk about it now. And, and I think and that that's there not are, a good idea. I think that there are times for both. Okay. There are times when you do need to talk about it now. And there are times when you just, you both need to walk away and really think it through. Or there's something that the other person's holding or have been maybe resenting that like, you know what? 
I, I need to bring this up and it's important and we got to talk about it. And we both have had various things like yeah, that. Yeah, and I mean, of course, things can be brought up in the moment. Yeah. But that's when we have to watch ourselves. If I feel the fire in my stomach just, you know, yeah. firing up and I, I know I won't be able to bring this to him in a way that is... Um, loving and authentic is just my I'm stuck in my emotions around it then I know that my responsibility is to walk away for a moment whether that's 10 minutes or a day where did you learn that though I have I don't know self-help books there's, this is why you guys are the a experts great, there's a great quote well there's a great quote in the Baha'i writings where Baha'u'llah Baha'u'llah says not everything that a man thinketh can be disclosed not everything that a man discloseth can be considered timely and not every timely utterance can be considered suitable for the one who hears it. Oh. So there's three. It's like, imagine like a three level approach, mm -hmm. right? Not everything that you think about, you can say. Not everything that you say um, should be said. And not everything that you sh think should be said is available to be heard by the listener. Mm -hmm. So you have to really think about all of those things. And again, we fail at this stuff all the time. Well, that's one of the things that's, that's one of the reasons back to what you were saying earlier is why we're so honest about it. It's because we also have so many friends who are struggling and we're seeing what's happening. Mm -hmm. And all we know in our little, our little bunker, um, uh, or, you know, um, <laughs> what do we call it? Our fortress for well-being is what we talk about marriage in the Baha'i faith is that like, we're doing it on the inside. We're seeing the results and it would be selfish of us to not share it mm -hmm. and also not share like the reality of it, which is like, this is why my wife says, and it's hard. Because we, we have this like Western idea of like, oh, romantic fantasies and comedies and Disney and this and everything's, you know, this is what we're supposed to be. If you're fighting, it's not right. Yes. Bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like when, when couples are arguing or fighting, like, oh, it's too hard or it's too much work. When in reality, that is the very thing that makes marriage work. If you agree on everything, you are with the wrong person or they're not being honest. Mm. Because everybody has different sets of traumas. Everyone has a different background, a different life experience, has, 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 needs to go to therapy for different reasons. And when you come together and you are with the right person, you will mirror those things. And that mirror is not always pretty. In fact, it's not supposed to be because that's where the growth is. Mm -hmm. Abdu'l-Baha says it's through the clash of differing opinions that the spark of truth is ignited. Wow. If we're not disagreeing on basic things, we're not growing. But as men, right, Kev, like we'll go in the gym all day long. Right. We'll tear down our muscle fibers. Right. Right. We'll, we'll put up all this weight. We'll like burn. We'll sweat. We're grunt. Oh, this, this hurts. It's all oh, like Arnold says, right? It's like when the pain begins, that's when you're growing. But we don't do it emotionally. We give up in our marriages. Yeah. We give up in our relationships. We're not willing to put in that work here. When in reality, that's the most important work is right here. It's not supposed to be easy. Mm -hmm. And also to add, like, what, what we can do is therapy. We love therapy. Talk therapy, trauma therapy, whatever it might be. Individual Cu couples and therapy. couples. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so important to do individual. Think, and, but again, yeah. it's also if you can afford it. And there's different types of therapies mm -hmm. because not everybody has access to therapy, which is also another thing that our healthcare system has to fix immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. But for us, yes. It's so important. Huge, because that's where we can show up 100% as ourselves, and that's also where we get the best tools on, on how to handle different situations. I think the idea of when you're hot, waiting, is such a great tip mm -hmm. um, and for everybody, because I think we're 
I always, I'm not really good at how to couch something. I just say it. Right. However, it's going to come out, You're and Greek. that's not, yeah, <laughs> I know. I get that part of you. The Italian part of me is like, I get yeah. you. Yeah. So it's like that, you know. You just there's unfortunately there's ways you want, you should say things because that's how you would want them said to you, but you're not trained like that necessarily. So I think that's an important thing to to actually focus on is when you're hot, take a breath, figure mm-hmm. out how you can say this so that they won't be defensive because that's the thing that happens, right? is you say what you need and then the other person feels shame and guilt or whatever. And then they, instead of feeling those feelings, they got to come back at you. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Right. And then the cycle just. Whoo, but so I think that you have to be committed to getting together for a solution and say, we're not attacking each other. Like this isn't about, you know, us attacking one another. I think yeah. that's when egos get in the way. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like the, the whole myth of fighting in a marriage is that somebody wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, you know, if if I win the fight, we lose. Right. But in the moment, I want to win because there is little Justin, like hurt, insecure, codependent, broken, whatever Justin is showing up in that moment needs to feel powerful mm-hmm. versus like together as a unit, we have to figure out how to navigate this thing that I'm feeling or maybe something that she said or did or behavior or, you know, and vice versa, that's causing me to feel this way. It might not even be about her. Nine times out of 10, mm-hmm. nine and a half times out of 10, it's actually not about my wife. It's about little Justin. It's mm-hmm. about little Justin and what he is perceiving that he's not getting. Can you, so I've been, it's funny how the universe works. The last two weeks, this just keeps coming up, the little person inside us. Yeah. And then <laughs> I've had, I've been watching therapists that, are giving us techniques where we can actually talk to that little person. Mm. Have you heard of it? Do you do anything like oh, yeah. that where you talk to little Justin? Well, we both do. I mean, really? that's, that's inner, inner child work is a lot. Of, we don't do it exactly inner child work, but we do a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 No, because I think that's at the core of so many, like you get, you know, from the guy who cuts you off and starts screaming at you in traffic, it's the little guy in him. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, right? So I think there's yeah. so much of what plagues all of us is that, and that's. I just wonder how do you how do you get to the core of that? Do you, I mean do you guys do that? I would love to hear what yeah. kind of practices you put Please. into place. Yeah, you're about you, little Emily and little Justin. You've been amazing. I mean, you started this before I did in terms of that inner child work. I think. Yeah, like healing years. traumas. Yeah, we've, that, been, we've been healing that, a lot of trauma. That's the yeah. trauma healing I mentioned. Um, all right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. 
I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiejis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. It's yeah, because here's the thing with trauma work that's so hard is it feels like it just never ends. Like, when does yeah. it really go away? Doesn't. So right? I'll tell you. Okay. What my therapist have told me, because I feel like so often in, in trauma therapy, I've gone back to that same very, very dark place so many times. And when I'm in it, I feel the fear from when I was little. And it becomes very discouraging when I feel like I'm back in the ex exact same spot that I was last week. And I'm just like, why is this never going away? I'm going to be stuck here forever. Um, and my therapist continuously reminds me that it's like an onion, right? We peel a layer every time. It's still going to taste like onion. It's still an onion, mm. but you are getting through the layers and eventually it will, something will shift Yeah, where I will know the trauma of abandonment. I will know what it feels like. It will still be a part of me, but I have through the work somehow risen above it and found such a great true safety that is actually coming from myself, not from anybody else or really God, if you will. Um, and when you truly connect with that safety, you will no longer feel like I'm going to just disappear and drown in this trauma mm -hmm. that happened to me. So that's why the work is so important because every time we peel off a layer I like that. of that onion and we get deeper and we get deeper, but it will feel it's hard. And that's why it's hard work is it continues to be hard. You can't just have one session of something mm -hmm. and then be done. I feel like I keep notes on all the breakthroughs on the traumas mm -hmm. because Part of it is to understand why you are the way you are or why the way you, why you react the way you react, but then you forget and then you have to refine it. So I keep a whole list, like mm, here are the great. aha therapy trauma moments so that I can go back and be like, oh yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got it. This yeah. is, this is mm. not me now. This was me then. Mm -hmm. And to be able to make that differentiation, you know, that was little Maria's issues. Big Maria doesn't have those issues. Big Maria's got it. She's good. Yes. But it's it's hard unless I feel yeah. like for me, unless I write it down and have it somewhere that I can reference often, I'll just forget. And then I'm back to the cycle of like, how am I here again? What the heck? What's happening? I love that. I love that. And I think as kids, when we experience that trauma, um, we really are in a shitty place because we're little and helpless. helpless, and we need these adults to literally survive. Mm -hmm. um, and what happens is that we then, for us to survive, we have to look at the adults in our life as 
people that deserve to be put on a pedestal. They are our saviors. They are our caretakers. So then what happens is that the child then makes themselves the problem. So we learn to look at ourselves as um, full of issues, the the one at fault, and we just become this broken person. It's our, too painful it's just for too our pain- parents to be the one Because we the can't problem. make them mm-hmm. wrong because they are our caretakers. So it doesn't make sense, right? Um, and then we grow up and we still see ourselves as these <laughs> troubled, broken beings. And that's what you're saying is so beautiful because when we get to realize that, no, I am an adult. I know how to take responsibility. I know how to create safety for myself. I know how to heal. Mm-hmm. I know how to create space for me and for everything that I am. And I'm going to show up for myself and be that safe adult, that truly safe adult that I never had. And that is amazing healing because now you're leaning on yourself. Um, And I think that's some of the best things that we can do is become a safe space for ourselves. Um, And I mean, that comes through doing a lot of what you were saying, inner child work and really revisiting the trauma and finding out what was that about? What does it make me feel? How lonely do I really feel? How dark is this place really? And then dare to sit in those dark spaces and show up for ourselves and work on whatever comes up through meditation, journaling, um, therapy, 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 whatever therapy works for you. and then talking. I've had a lot of conversations with my, with my mom and my family and have healed things in that way. Saying things that I wasn't able to say when I was a little girl. Mm. So there are so many things we you've can even do. Gone, you've even time traveled, right? You've gone back in time to your inner child and whispered in her ear during super traumatic events. That was through... Um, really powerful stuff. Because uh, that kind of goes to your question. Yeah. It's like, what are some... That was through biofeedback, which is a wonderful way. Neurofeedback, thank you. Which is a wonderful way of actually creating new neuropathways in your in your brain, physically, because we so easily fall into the ditch that we've always traveled. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, to create new pathways, it's a is a beautiful way of healing. And in deep meditations during neurofeedback, I actually time traveled and went back to moments of trauma and got to visualize myself as an adult kind of spooning little Emily Mm. and just saying, as the scene is playing out that I know so well, just saying, I'm right here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, Which may sound totally out there, but now when I go back to those memories, it's like, it feels different. Mm. It's almost like, ooh, somebody was there. I wasn't completely abandoned and alone in that moment. Yeah, because you were there. Exactly. And you had yourself. Yeah. 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 And if you want to get really woo woo and deep because there's no time there's no time and space it begs the question did she actually go back did i go back because Mm -hmm. if we're able to you imagine you know because oftentimes we feel like there's somebody get the delorean out let's go (laughs) right back to the future i love it where we're going we don't need roads um but you just wonder like you know you oftentimes can feel you know there's like someone there for you what if we are there for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it could be an angel. It could be people who have passed on. Mm. Or it could be a future self-healing trauma. Who knows, right? But, but regardless, if we can go back in time, if we can go back into our time centers of our brain and be there for ourselves, it's pretty amazing. Like, it does actually work. Yeah. But it requires, like, 
being willing to sit in that shit, mm-hmm. you know? And I really learned that from my wife. Like I saw her, I saw her go do this like wild, you know, emotional Taekwondo. <laughs> and, <laughs> I uh, love that. <laughs> and it was really, really inspiring. And, you know, so we're just doing that together now. And it's, it's incredible. So yeah. it works because you guys are both committed to growth. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure you have friends around you where there's one and Only one, one, right? Yeah. Where yeah. one is and one isn't. Yeah. And I guess, you know, how, how do you advise people who are in those situations? That's really hard because that's, that's, I, I mean, I think it's the single greatest factor in relationships not working is that one person wants to work on it. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the timing is just a little bit off too. I know of couples where it's very often, not always, but very often the woman that begins that deep work yeah. um, and leads by example. And I've seen women who just commits to her journey and she continues to trust that he's on his own and that he'll get there. And then eventually he does, you know, because he lives with somebody who who is doing the work, you know, in a heteronormative relationship. Um, So it can work, but I would say that if one partner does it work and the other one is just continuously slacking and nothing is happening, that would be incredibly, that would be incredibly difficult. That's the reality of most of the situations that exist. That's why I wrote man enough yeah. <laughs> as an example coming out on paperback, uh, coming out on paperback, but, that, that, but like <laughs> not, not even meant to be a shameless plug, but the reality of it was, mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't get another message, DM email request from women saying like, can you talk to my man or yeah. can you talk mm-hmm. to my husband? Yeah, Because we're boyfriend. busy doing our thing. And you guys are getting better. I'm like, wait, what? Come on. Like, I'm making money. I'm getting us ahead. Like, right. yeah, that's all in your head. Like, we just yeah. write, tend to write things off and kind of keep chugging along. I think we're a little more simple, but... Well, it's also the mirage of the patriarchy. And then there's that, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a full-on disillusionment that we will get to a place <laughs> where we'll feel whole mm-hmm. if we just extract enough from like the material resources of the yes. planet or from whatever. And then we never get there. Just we just feel more and more empty. Yeah. Because Buy classic cars. And eventually <laughs> we're chasing, we're chasing that carrot. Yes. 100%. Into the grave. Yes. Right. Whereas it is different for women and maybe it's a trauma response, but we've created a world in which this is how women have to function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We push them into it's healing. Amazing. 2000 years of this. It's not like it was like more, uh, much yeah, more than that. Probably. Well, I'm saying modern civilization, yeah. but right forever. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy when you think about it. It's not like it was like, well, 300 years ago, actually it was more even. It's always been this way. Yeah. yeah. When you say pushing really them into healing, what do you mean? Mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> so much of what you have to heal from is from us. Right. So it's a, it, if you really break it down in some ways, it's like this, it's this patriarchal response to survive. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> 
you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. You know, the reason why women are are generally sitting in, you know, face-to-face friendships and gathering together in community... I mean, it, I'm not someone who could ever write a paper on it, and I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a sociologist or historian. But I would argue that it's out of safety. It's, it's, yeah. it's self-preservation, which is why I look at it like more like a trauma response than anything else. And as men, we don't do that. Why? Because we kill each other. Because we're threatened yeah. by each other. Have because you heard we the, dominate over each other. Have you heard other. the premise too? But back in the cave days, the men were out hunting and gathering. And they had to stay quiet because they were about trying to get stuff. And the women congregated and were able to exchange and speak and communicate. So I've heard that one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. uh, look at every and again, with the way the world is today, which is not the everything, world today. everything right. is based on science. So you could use science to prove anything or disprove anything at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on who you listen to, what your political ideologies are and what news stations you watch. You can literally use That's science to prove Misinformation yeah. or information, like so. Again, yeah, sure, it could be part of it. Or at the end of the day, we just know no, that Kevin. If I just meet you, exactly yeah, right. if I just meet you out, I'm like, oh, I size you up, and I just, you know, it's I accurate. know that I'm. I need to feel more powerful than you out yeah. of self-preservation because historically, right. men, we men, um, need to take power in order to gain power, in order to feel more powerful, and we do that with women as well, which is why, like, I mean. <laughs> I don't mean to segue this into masculinity, but you know, I'd like to, we're not women for the most part. And I'm overgeneralizing are not abusing women. Men are mm-hmm. women are not making the world unsafe for women. Men are, Men are. right. Yeah. Well, there is a segment of women that we don't discuss. Well, you know what though? There no, are, no, that's why I'm saying overgeneralizing. No, but those but, women, and Justin's going to be able to talk about this in But it started too. with the men abusing the women and the women having to suck up to the men, had to start so, alienating so Maria, other women. what they women. say yes. that is, is women yes. adapting toxic masculinity yeah. to, well, in yeah. order to survive. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and Bell Hooks, the late Bell Hooks, which is so sad, but the late Bell Hooks, who was a prolific mm-hmm. black feminist writer, uh, she calls it um, internal misogyny. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter what your gender is, we've all been uh, we've all been hurt by the same system. Mm. Absolutely, right? which right. is the core of what that definition of patriarchy right. is. It's a it's a it's a belief system. It's a system mm-hmm. that governs the world based off of false ideologies, if you will. Like really um, built for men, but men are also suffering because of it. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's why. And that that's what's so important. That goes back to what you said earlier. When I win, we lose. Yes. It goes back to that. Yes. And the, and yes. if the, and the well, deepest I mean, even, part of even me... Even back to science, men die younger. Why do you think that is? Because they're not winning in this. Well, you know, yeah. here, and here's, a, here, here's another fun fact. Women die younger when they marry men. Like we are exhausting, this. that's we, why. Because so we, we literally suck the life out of you. We literally suck you. the wow. life out of you. Dearly. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> <clears throat> so 
all in all, um, <laughs> this idea of it hurts. That just went really funny. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. but but we. But that's the thing. If we're not healing, if we're if we're if we're, if we're talking about the kind of marriage where it's like a subservient woman, the all powerful male head of the household, the patriarch. Mm-hmm. The woman doing all the work, the invisible work that Emily so much deep, beautifully talked about in that episode, mm-hmm. right? The reason why mm-hmm. we have so many femicides, the reason, all of these things all factor into the reason and the data why women would be dying younger once they are married. However, and I, there's, I don't know, there's no data on this yet, but I would argue that just like pets increase lifespans of the elderly, and community is the is the greatest indicator of a long life. You want to take all the blue zones, and it's, we focus so much on diet. Yeah, like we've oh we got to eat like the Greeks and you know and the Mediterranean and we no it's community. Yeah, mm. and community and happiness are linked together. It's not a, we like we're I know you have a beautiful diet book up there with your freaking six pack that I'm jealous of. Hilarious, Maria. but we we're always we're looking at the quick fixes when in yeah. reality like. It's community. So back to what we were talking about, a healthy marriage where two people are working on each other, friendships, relationships, whatever it is, I think that increases longevity more than anything. It does. I think the data is, you know, that I was citing is more about, you know, the, the traditional relationships um, where there is no, yeah, there's no true intimacy where the men are just working all day long. The women are at home raising the kids alone Mm -hmm. with no support. And they're very, you know, isolated Western households and don't have a community of women to go and, and be around and share their pain and struggles with. And the men aren't taught that they can share their pain and struggles with other men because they know that they'll be seen as weak if they do. And there's nothing worse than being weak. Why? Mm -hmm. Because women are weak and we don't want to be anything like women. Um, because deep down we have a distrust. Sometimes I just tell you, like when I do that with my guy friends are like, what? Some guy friends. Wait, wait, Super Bowl's this weekend. <laughs> a lot of my friends. Well, because just, they don't want to face they it. Just, because they just check out when I Because it hurts. Because it's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all that to say, like, this is, I think, the key. It all comes back to, like, doing that deep work, understanding the system that we're in, understanding how everybody is hurt by the same system. Men are hurt by the same system. Yeah. Women, trans, gender nonconforming people, we're all hurt by the same thing. <laughs> so the deeper we go with each other, the deeper that I, like the more I do my work with Emily, the more I realize that like in that moment where I want to win, that's just coming from a, like a deeply hurt place in me. And I always 100% of the time feel like shit when I win. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent of the time feel like shit when I win. When I exercise my power and I prove my point, I feel terrible about myself. Always. Just like I feel terrible about myself if I make another man feel small in a business meeting. Or if I'm over, over you know, or, or make an employee feel bad for something they did. Or for whatever it is. It never feels good. It might feel good temporarily to our egos. To that little part of us that is just screaming to feel seen or noticed and to feel like they're enough. But it never feels good as adult Justin in real time. And that's what we always got to come back to. To you. To me. Yeah. And you know, the, the problem is, um, is there are many other, especially in our business, men who, and, and women who practice toxic masculinity, who love belittling the, the lesser guy in the room, who love winning. It's like zero-sum gain. I mean, especially 20th century businessmen. They call it a full-contact sport. Yeah, business is a full-contact sport. You'll hear all this stuff. But like, I just know guys 
in our business that it's not a win if they don't crush you. Yeah. And again, with empathy, oh, I sure. will say, but with empathy, I will say like they're a victim of the system too, because they, that's just how they were raised. But it's just, it's nice that we have you to be Breaking thinking the like, cycle. cause I feel like you, I don't feel like I feel awful when I don't, I feel better when I like, will say, God, I, I'm really sorry. I said that I'm going to really work on that. That feels better than, ha, I proved my point. You know, that, that like, yeah, Kevin does apologize. That I'll die. Well, there's that. those guys, we call them fatheads here, but like that, that I'll die to be right. Mentality, right. you know what I mean? Like it, when it all costs, and and it, it, what's what we're, we have to try and get to that old guard if we can is to, is to teach them that that's not winning, dude. But I still I see that a lot, mm-hmm. especially in LA in our mm-hmm. business. Oh my god, all the time, and it's been fun to work with millennial men in business. And the difference, Maria, with some of the new companies we work with now, oh, collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If if both parties don't win, we lose. Win together, part friends, you know. But the old guard, man, like, you know, you get a little crumb, and like I said, they they wake out because they have to just crush you in a deal. It's scarcity. It yeah. comes from, well, they're it all comes going, from scarcity right, exactly. and fear. Yes, and it's and it's the passed system down. It's passed. That's yeah. right. That's right. All righty, we're gonna hold comment till part two is over. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't checked us out, mariamenunos.com, we are up, we are live, we are your resource. The cliff notes to every one of these episodes is up there and so much more like my favorite everything in life, t-shirts, skincare, hmm. shoes, whatever it is, um, and so much more. So check us out and uh, I look forward to you guys enjoying part two. Hey, Heel Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.